Hey, it's Jordan. I'm delighted to be joined by New York Assemblyman Ron Kim. Uh, I'm having you on because uh, there's a lot of things going on in the New York uh, state political scene uh, as far as uh, voting reform, uh, what we thought was going to be voting reform, but it seems a bit stalled, uh, that not only affects state politics, but also uh, the presidential primaries uh, next year. So uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is uh, a bill passed uh, both the State Assembly and the Senate uh, at the beginning of the summer. Uh, this bill uh, had a, many different things in it, but primarily to move uh, what is the most suppressive deadline in the country. Uh, as of now, you have to register, if you're not a Democrat, you have to register as a Democrat in this October uh, to be eligible for the April primary. It passed. Uh, obviously, bills sit during the summer, but it still hasn't been signed by Governor Cuomo. And as such, the deadline is October 11th, which pretty early, most people probably aren't aware of that. And most people are not paying attention, uh, the deadline meaning to become a Democrat and vote in the presidential primary in April. That's right. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. It's October 11 as it stands is the deadline. He still hasn't signed the bill. Um, and we came together and passed this legislation based on the last few years and the last presidential election cycle where thousands of people felt like their 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 voices weren't heard because because of its outdated deadlines and, and our outdated uh, voting registration system. So we've, not only this, but we looked at a number of different ways to improve that. Um, and instead of embracing every one of those bills, like he's been stalling and, and not move, not moving, and instead what he's doing is going around and, and, and talking about uh, consolidating the elections and totally trying to change and own a different narrative, um, knowing that we're out of session. And knowing that, like this has nothing to do with the bills that we passed, um, and and I think you know the reality is like we have a governor who's endorsed who's favoring uh, another candidate for president, and I think he's and him and and people who are aligned with them are doing whatever they can um, to favor the outcome toward uh, that candidate, which happens to be in this case uh, Joe Biden, and and that's wrong. You know, you know, we have to be first and foremost, no matter. What your party line is, we have to protect our democracy. And and if, if even if one voter feels like their their vote is not being counted, we're doing something wrong in this state. Right, because basically, you know, most people know this, but for those who don't, New York is a closed primary, so you have to be a Democrat to vote. Um, so this bill that passed would allow, uh, if you're currently working, families party, Green Party, Republican, Independent, whatever. Uh, you have more time, I believe it got moved to February of next right. year. Uh, and that makes more sense because most people start tuning in, you know, around the same, around the time of the Iowa caucus, New Hampshire primary. Um, so that was actually my question to you, but it seems clear to me. I mean, Biden, some of the other establishment candidates are going to do better among registered Democrats, whereas people like Bernie Sanders tend to do better uh, among independents. Uh, and also first-time voters. Uh, do you, you know? Has the governor said anything on why he hasn't signed this yet? Uh, and obviously, you know, reports show he's opened up his fundraiser network to Biden. Right. I mean, I don't think he'll ever admit to that um, that he's doing this to support his favorite candidate for the White House. Uh, but the facts are the facts. I mean, you pointed out. I mean, 
a person like Bernie Sanders does exceptionally well among younger voters, and, and some of those voters, just like four years ago, I mean, they they often wait, thinking that they can vote. They don't even realize that New York State is structured this way. They they, they think they can just come. I vote. Why, why wouldn't someone not allow me to vote? So they show up on election day, um, and they realize that you can't vote in this primary, uh, which which was what happened four years ago. So knowing. What we know from four years ago, we are addressing those problems, and we're trying. We, we, for all we in the legislative body, we fix those problems by putting these bills forward. And instead of embracing and improving our democratic process, um, he's just coming up with other uh, possible uh, solutions to problems that we've never even discussed. And are you seeing uh, in the assembly or the state senate any? I mean, I don't really see much in the media, a couple articles here and there. Is there any, like, uh, drum drum beat here to be like, hey, the deadline is now in 30 days. The bill passed. Uh, What are you doing here? Sign the bill. Yeah, I mean, I think we're finally uh, getting to that point because we have volunteers and canvassers starting to go out, and they're confused because they don't know what to tell uh, the people that are are talking. Actually, it's the voters are saying, wait, do we have to October to, I thought that there's a new bill passed. So we're getting the feedbacks from the, from the ground, which is alerting the elected officials. So I think we're finally now waking up to this. Um, and hopefully my colleagues will join me in calling out the governor in the next few days, next couple of weeks to push him to sign this bill. It's, it is, it is such a simple and direct bill, whatever his agenda is for consolidating, um, the primary elections next year that has nothing to do with extending and giving ample time for people to register to vote. This is something that's such a bedrock principle of our democracy, and for him to stall and possibly not do this or veto this would be a, a, a direct um, sign that he is not interested in improving our democratic process, and he is. In, it's more about politicizing the process for his own personal gain. And also, I mean, not that like on the surface, not that this, you know, is directly related to DNC, but doesn't it just give the impression like in 2016, you know, by and large, Bernie Sanders supporters did vote for Hillary Clinton. More Bernie Sanders supporters voted for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton supporters voted for Barack Obama in 2008. But it does give off this impression that it's just rigged, whether it's from the DNC or on the state level, when, I mean... By not acting here to sign the bill, you're disenfranchising. And by the way, it's not just for Bernie Sanders. Theoretically, you could have people, first-time voters or independents, switch to vote for Warren or or another candidate. Um, Doesn't it give off the system that this is just party insiders, party establishment leaders, whether governors uh, or, you know, lower level, basically tilting the scales for their preferred candidates? Yeah, and it's ironic because I remember – Three or four years ago, uh, this governor, Governor Andrew Cuomo, spent months campaigning um, and, and even was a, as an incumbent and emphasizing the importance of regaining the public's trust. This is the, and those are his words. And for us to not take these basic measures to improve our democracy, we are actually isolating an entire generation of voters. Uh, of people who already do not trust politicians, people who don't trust the system, and they're looking for reasons to blame us. So why give them to them? You know, we have to do everything. You have to go actually beyond these simple measures to be more uh, inclusive. And we're at, and by not even signing this bill, um, we're, it's only going to get worse. 
uh, this isn't like an isolated incident for those watching that, you know, don't know New York politics. Obviously, you just had this really controversial uh, result in Queens uh, with uh, progressive insurgent Tiffany Caban, who by all accounts won the election, but they were throwing out uh, provisional ballots. And it was this, you know, on a local level, kind of like the Florida recount in 2000, you know, <laughs> lawyers going at it, uh, where ultimately Melinda Katz won, but they threw out so many ballots that could have gone for Caban. Uh, and Caban, honestly, was probably the most um, reform candidate as far as uh, she would have been district attorney of Queens, as far as uh, de-escalation and uh, decriminalization and things like that. So these kind of things keep, seem to be happening in this particular state. Yeah, and did, again, we this is a problem that we've identified. So the legislative body, we passed the bill and if he had signed it in time, I'm not saying that if it would have had an impact or not, but it would have given the judge and people who are in the middle of the middle of this lawsuit enough information that this is the direction that the state of New York wants to take, which is allowing as much flexibility and accepting the affidavits as long as the as long as the intention was there by a registered voter to pick someone in a certain way, that vote should be counted. And and what's so frustrating and sad about what happened. I just had I just spoke to Tiffany over the weekend. We between the two of us and other people, we know dozens and dozens of people who voted for her, who were registered voters, and their votes weren't counted. And that is that just makes us so it's such a demoralizing moment for all of us because we did the right thing and passed the bill and, and things got politicized in the back end and they didn't sign the bill on time. And this was a separate bill that would have uh yeah would have accepted a lot of these affidavit ballots for Caban. Right. Thousands of affidavits that, that were thrown out the window and a good chunk of them would have been probably accepted if the bill was signed into law. Right. And, uh, you know, moving a little bit on the on the local level, I mean, you're very much like on the Bernie wavelength. I see you with student student debt cancellation, Medicare for all these things. Are you seeing, uh, you know, obviously a lot of young folk uh, for that uh, nationally. Are you seeing that kind of reception in New York, which uh, obviously is the melting pot of the world? But New York City in particular definitely can lean a little bit in some corners, more establishment. Yeah, uh, when it when it comes to economic and social justice, Bernie has been the most consistent candidate for the last forty years, um, and his message, even Medicare for for all, like a few years ago, it seemed so radical. Now it's the norm. It's actually just the middle message that everyone can accept. Canceling people's debts is some. It's not a nuanced idea. It's been around historically in our democracies for the longest time. In fact, the biggest corporations do it all the time, and they're incentivized to do so. Um, and, 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 and I think Bernie gets it right, and we can't move forward when, one, when there's $1.6 trillion of student debt, and, with the, and 80% of us living paycheck to paycheck, and this, and this is a message that resonates with everyone, multiple generations, young, old, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter where you come from, because we're feeling it on the ground. Whether you're an immigrant, whether you are a, a fifth generation living in Queens, we are all struggling the same way. And I think Bernie's message is the strongest that's resonating on the ground. And what's interesting is, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but it, it, it shouldn't be lost on anyone. New York has, I think, last time I looked, was the most uh, high, number one, as far as states of income inequality. 
and you have these archaic voting voting rules that really disenfranchise young people, you know, people that might not be like hard Democrats or registered Democrats. Uh, so it seems like you have this tilted economic playing field in New York, uh, and it's very hard to change that if the voting rules are so archaic. And frankly, you know, we talk about Republicans and voter suppression, which is 100% true, but these laws are a form of suppression. Yeah, and that's a good way to loop everything in. The system has been designed to suppress uh, the people's will and our, and our ability to take ownership of public policy, and which is why in places like New York, like you said, the income you know, disparity is at its worst. Um, in fact, the billionaire class and the wealthy elites um, the hedge funds and that are most that are many of them are based in New York. They've seen their most successful years in the last couple of years. Meanwhile, household debt has been increasing for the last 18 months straight. It, we are looking. Every economist, every mainstream economist, is warning us. We're, we are walking, we're sleepwalking into another gigantic financial meltdown, and no mainstream media, no corporate media is even talking about it. Right, Bernie's the only one that's out there that's drumming the to be like this is a problem we have to address. We have to cancel debt. We have to make sure that we don't spend 50% of federal income taxes in the military. This is all part of a, this, a system failure that we've designed, which means that we can undo it, but we can't do it if people continue to allow elected officials to suppress voters uh, and the people's will and our voices are, are not properly captured in mm. the process. And lastly, uh, what do you suggest people watching do as far as this deadline? Because uh, obviously the simple answer is if you're in New York, register now before October 11th. But I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know as far as pledged delegates, New York uh, is I think the New York Times has it right behind Texas. So number three uh, in the country as far as the most pledged delegates up for grabs in any of the primaries. So, you know, if this deadline, this repressive suppressive deadline stays in place. I mean, New York can be pivotal as far as if so many people are not allowed to vote. Uh, what should people do? I think, well, we need to, we need to, we can't rely on the governor to sign the bill. So we have to do whatever we can to get on the ground and register as many people as possible and get on the social media and do our campaigning as much as possible. But we also have to communicate uh, our, our voice, um, and advocate for the governor directly um, and work with the local electeds. Make sure you let the local assembly and state senators know and let them uh, reach out to the governor's office directly as well. Um, we have a few weeks uh, to get it done and I, I plan on uh, reaching out directly to the governor's office myself. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Please keep in touch uh, if there's any updates and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stay on this. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks. Take care. Hope you enjoyed that last video. Hop on over to statuscoup.com where you can sign up for our email list and become a member for as low as five to ten dollars a month. Membership is how we grow. That's statuscoup.com slash join. And remember, join our email list so we can grow the revolution with you. Okay.